I'm Arlen Hamilton. I'm a venture capitalist. And this is your first million. I started my fund Backstage Capital from the ground up while I was on food stamps. I have now invested in more than 100 companies led by women, people of color, and LGBT founders. After having raised more than $10 million, people often ask me how I did it. I created this podcast so I could tell you my story and so that together we could go on a journey and speak with some of the most successful people in the world from all backgrounds and walks of life to learn how they got their first million. And who knows, maybe I'll reach my first million in personal capital while I'm recording this series. There's only one way to find out. This episode is brought to you by Digital Ocean. Let's go. This is a bonus episode that I am stoked about. So you all know Brian Grazer, right? He is Ron Howard's business partner, creative partner. They run Imagine Entertainment, which has been around forever. He's one of the most prolific and the most well-known producers and writers in Hollywood. He has um, made television shows and movies that are iconic. I'll give you just a few of them. He has more than 200 producer credits to his name, so we won't get through to all of them, but here's a few. Splash, a little movie called Splash. Parenthood, the movie and the TV show, which, by the way, I wept at every single week when it was on. Friday Night Lights, Apollo 13, A Beautiful Mind, Da Vinci Code, Arrested Development, 24, the 24 franchise, and Empire. These are just a few of the TV shows and movies that he has produced in the last several years. His movies alone have grossed more than $18 billion. He has a net worth of a reported $400 million, give or take a few. And he has a book out that came out in 2015 called A Curious Mind, The Secret to a Bigger Life. Now, I didn't, have a ch- I didn't book Brian Grazer. I didn't have him lined up as someone I was going to interview. But life happens uh, uh, while you're making other plans. So I was recently introduced to Brian. And we were sitting down to have a quick conversation. And I had mentioned to him this podcast, Your First Million. And he was instantly curious about it. He instantly wanted to know more. And that kind of set the tone for the entire conversation because he is a curious mind. That's why, you know, his book title is so appropriate. So he asked me about it. I told him about it. And immediately he started telling me about his first million. And I jokingly said, oh, I wish I could record this because you'd be great for the podcast. And he said, record it record it and play it. And so I hit record on my cell phone, on my iPhone with no notice, hit the button and l- and let him tell the story of his first million dollars. And there's some wonderful uh, lessons to be learned in these 10 million, uh, 10 million, in these 10 minutes, you see the millions on the mind right now in these 10 minutes, great lesson to be learned because what I want you to do no matter who you are, what your background is, what you know about your life, and what you understand about his wealth and his legacy. I want you to really take in the holistic view of what he says 
and pull from it this piece about authenticity and about knowing yourself and about being true to yourself and how that can pay off. It has the potential to pay off. I'll say it time and time again because I believe it's very true. So listen to that. It's a great story. If you're if you've ever watched the movie Splash, you'll get a kick out of it. If you've ever just I don't know, it's just really fun. It's just really fun. So take a listen and uh, let me know what you think. So on your podcast, The First Million, which I know people love, I mean, are just so psyched by, um, I do have a story about my first million, which oddly enough, accesses around this mermaid movie that I made called Splash, as you said. This little tiny movie back in the day. That just became the most famous movie about mermaids. Exactly. <laughs> that, that one. That one, Arlen. Yeah. And so, um, and this is what happened. Okay. Um, prior to, I worked on this, I, I wrote Splash, and I wrote it over and over again. It was kind of a not a very good script ever, because I'm not a great writer, but I'm a good, you know, uh, creative person that knows how to nurture ideas and, and have, and... Um, you know, and I'm kind of good at writing scenes, but dialogue is a little tricky. So, but I kept working on this script and I was trying to pitch this script all the time. And, and the idea of a man falling in love with a mermaid, but it was really more than a man falling in love with mermaid. It was built on this premise of me. Could I ever fall in love and get a great girl in the city of Los Angeles? Hmm. And I kind of thought when I asked that rhetorical question to myself, I thought, no, I don't think I can. <laughs> I think it's just too hard to find that truthful, honest, you know, direct woman that that is that you can have that great connection with. And I thought, well, then, and then I sort of exponentially asked more and more questions of myself, which eventually turned into this this project. So, so I'd made some movies that preceded it. They weren't giant hits. But one was called Night Shift. Yes, that that um, starred Michael Keaton and Henry Winkler. And uh, bottom line is this. So now I'm in the middle of actually making the movie Splash, the mermaid movie, that I've worked on uh, for five years where people are going, no, it's the stupidest idea ever. That's the dumbest idea. And I go, I just asked yes or no. I'd have to hear it be insulted, you know. But nonetheless, people felt the need to insult you at the same time. I'm sure you've had your punches too, right? Absolutely. People think you're crazy until you're not. (laughs) Yes, so I, I saw, I really, really wanted to live by this house. And there's this house in Malibu Colony. It's called, it was number 98 in Malibu Colony and it was owned by Diane Cannon. Mm. And Cary Grant lived in this house too with her part-time, you know, cause they were yes. together, had a kid. And the house was selling for a million $100,000. I really, really, really wanted it. And, um, you know, for a lot of reasons, you know, and stuff like that. And I, I needed a house and all that stuff, too. But And I had the money for the down payment. But I was terrified of being able to pay those payments every month because I thought, I just really don't have that money. Mm. I just don't have it. So I asked this guy who was sort of a mentor of mine because I always seek for mentors. And I had a mentor. And he said, well, okay, I understand you don't have it. But do you imagine it's inevitable you could have it? Mm. I go, 
well, yeah, I guess if I thought about it, and he goes, well, just think about it. Transport yourself. Do you think it's inevitable that you're going to be able to afford this house? And I said, I guess I do. I guess I kind of believe in myself. And I, I think I, I do believe it's inevitable. And he goes, and buy the house. So I bought it. Mm-hmm. And in my case, I was very, very fortunate that this movie came out. And it was, as you said, it was really embraced by the public. And it became, you know, Disney's biggest hit in nine years. Wow. And I actually owned half of the movie because, you know, wasn't, you know, really fully believed in. And, uh, mm. you know, and that was the time you could do something like that. And so then I, I, I definitely was able to afford that. Got house. your first million in that point. <laughs> I got my first million wow. back to your podcast. And that's how you got this house. What do you think? Um, talk about a little, a little bit about the fact that it's okay if I ask you. <laughs> talk a little bit about the fact that people weren't believing in you. Because I've heard a few, a few of our interviewees have had more, more fortune after something took off because people wouldn't invest in it early on. Is that, do you think that was um, kind of made your career? Or do you think, when you look back on that? I have a real point of view about that, okay. actually. I, I think if I'm getting your question yeah. right. But first of all, I want to say this, Arlen. Yes. It's great meeting you. Thank you. And the fact that you could just whip your phone out right like that and say, let's do the podcast, <laughs> shows is another de- demonstration of, that validates your success because you you don't want to let a minute go that's not productive. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really well, fun. It's an opportunity. What, a, what an opportunity. So so back to the, the, the question about believing in you and not believing in, and all that stuff, I, if mm-hmm. I got it right. Well, what happened is... Um, once the movie was successful, which was almost immediate, uh, I said to a few really close friends, like, why do you think this was successful? Like, and I, I said, I think it's because I said before they could answer, I think, so I think because it's actually really funny. Yeah. You know, the John Candy guy is really funny yeah. and Hanks was pretty funny. And and they said, well, yeah, those things are true. But someone that really knew me since childhood. Um, actually makes me choke up a little bit, but um, said, no, that's not why. They said, the reasons why is because it was about you. Hmm. And I thought, I said, what do you, what do you mean by that? And they said, well, that it was about your dreams and it was about your, your truth. You know, like you exposed your sort of authentic self hmm. and you, you know, injected that or transported that into this, the heartbeat of this story. And that the mermaid and all the funny stuff was the exterior of all that, but the interior, which is the thing that people really loved, you know, it's the reason they saw it, you know, week after week after week was because it was about something real. Right. So it was a really amazing feeling and lesson because, because this mermaid movie was thought to be so stupid by so many people. And then it worked. It made me think to myself, you know what? I'm just going to go the direction of storytelling and I'm just going to always try to reach into my authentic self and see what speaks to me. And don't do any prognostication, any data sourcing, what's going to be the new trend, what's going on in the culture. Don't try to outsmart the audience. 
just be inside your own self and find stories that capture, you know, whether in the case of Splash, it was about love. In the case of Parenthood, it's about family. In the case of 8 Mile that I did with Eminem, yeah, it was about hip-hop and, you know, about battles, but it was really about self-actualization. It was about a kid that, that grew to know his talent outside of all of those emotional injuries he had. It's about when he says at the end of the movie, you know, where he, he says... Um, Anyway. Oh. Yeah. That touches you. It does. <laughs> you want to talk about why or no? Well, it does because it it's a very liberating. Um, I'm just an emotional person. Okay. Um, it, it's very liberating because it's about this person that was really emotionally damaged and had ability and no one saw it. So he was, you know, a square peg in a round hole. Mm-hmm. And he... Um, got through it and was able to disband himself of those injuries and say, yeah, I am white trash. Yeah, my mom's a slut and you did fuck my girl. Oh, okay. And you can cut that out. Yeah. But that he does say that in the movie. Yeah. And he sort of admits all the things that shamed him. Mm-hmm. So he liberated himself from those injuries and his shame. And that's what, what made it great. Yeah. So that was that. Well, what a lesson about staying true to yourself and, and that being successful beyond measure. I yeah. bet, you know, I don't know your life. I don't know your bank account. But I imagine mm. that that truth and that honesty has served you well. And that you can also kind of look at yourself in the mirror every day and say, what a, what a life. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Hey, so I'd love to talk to you and keep the conversation going. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Arlen Was Here. That's A-R-L-A-N Was Here. Stick around too because I will let you know when my new book is going to be in pre-order. Now that's coming out in uh, 2020. It'll be out as the real book. Oh my goodness. And it'll be you'll be able to pre-order it most likely this year so stay tuned i'll let you know all about that on twitter on instagram and on this podcast thank you again to digital ocean for sponsoring this episode if you are interested in sponsoring an episode of your first million get in touch with me um right now it's soups easy to do so you just email me at arlenhamilton at gmail that's a-r-l-a-n-h-a-m-i-l-t-o-n at gmail.com and uh, put in the subject that you want to that you're thinking about sponsoring and I'll give you some more information um, th- this is a really highly engaged audience really really uh, educated either through traditional means or through grit and tenacity or a little bit of both and uh, yeah these are the people you want to be talking to you got you got aspiring founders you've got in the trenches founders you've got aspiring angel investors and active angel investors you've also got venture capitalists you've also got limited partners and then you have people who are listening in to learn all about what all of that means and so it's a really interesting group of people check it out thank you again digital ocean for sponsoring. Your First Million is produced and edited by Anna Eichenauer and senior producer Brian Landers. Additional audio mixing and mastering by Alfred Rook Hamilton. Additional production by Chacho Valadez. Executive producer Arlen Hamilton.